What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Music Corner of State Awaits. It's me, Nate, here, and today is Album A Day episode for July. Uh, sorry about it going up a little bit later than it usually does. I just got held up with all kinds of different stuff that I was doing this past weekend, and I'm now getting to this um, but if you already follow me on Snapchat, you already know the ratings and everything, but I gotta put it out there. I gotta describe still what is good and what is bad. And unfortunately, this month was the worst month I had yet. I have had yet, period. Like, whew, this is gonna be a doozy. Uh, there are still some highlights, though. I still have an album that was my favorite for this month, even, too. Uh, nothing was really, like... I mean, there are albums that I liked equally, but, you know, there is that one that I usually have per month that is the stand-out-of-them-all kind of album. But, yeah, we'll get there when we get there with that one. So, let's hop into it here. First, we have FKA Twigs Magdalene on July 1st. Alright, so this one, I recall, was a good album. It was uh, a little bit different than I was... It was a little bit different than what I was expecting, mainly because it's, like... It's kind of got this, like, art-poppy kind of thing going on with R&B, especially with, like, you know, her vocal style and everything. Very, like... Like kind of like a little bit like that little thing going around around there. <laughs> um, I mean, some highlights, Thousand Eyes, which is exactly what I was trying to emulate, kind of sounded like uh, Sad Day, another good one. Uh, there's a good fe- uh, future feature uh, with Holy Terrain, Mary Magdalene's a good one, and Fallen a- Alien. But um, yeah, there's it's it was just a decent album. It was like something that was interesting, but like somewhat kind of I I like took my attention away from it and like I would like kind of like zone in and out at times but like what I heard was good good enough to own at least so with that a seven and a half out of ten for me on that one uh I still want to like return to it again and give it a full thorough listen because I mean while I did the first time I tried to go back to it recently just to see what if I like still felt the same about it and I just there was like multiple things going on with my life <laughs> on that particular day, so that is something I'll just have to return to on a uh, on a free day, I guess, if you will. <laughs> but uh, yeah, moving along now, we have the final Kid Cudi album that I've been meaning to get around to: Passion, Pain, and Demon Slaying. Yes, finally a good Kid Cudi album after you know. I mean, there was nothing wrong with uh, Indicud, which I'm pretty sure was the last album I did listen to by him. Yeah, Indicud. That was good. I still gave that one a seven and a half. Um, But, I mean, this one is coming directly off of uh, Speeding Bullet to Heaven, which we all know is easily the worst album in Kid Cudi's discography. But this one was nice. This one was very chill. Very, like... Like, it was just a lot of chill vibes from this one that I really enjoyed. Especially from just, like, the opening track, Frequency Alone. Um, You know, By Design with Andre Benjamin, awesome. Rose Golden with Willow. Baptized in Fire had featured uh, Travis Scott. That one was awesome, too. Illusions I really loved. I mean, there's a lot of highlights in this one. And definitely songs that, like, you know... Uh, even if I didn't save it, it still like wasn't entirely bad, but I did save a good majority of this album. Uh, and another good one I wanted to highlight, too, was Surfing, which featured Pharrell Williams, who's on here a couple times, actually. Um, but yeah, 
great album. Really impressed with it. I'd say it's about uh, in terms of like you know the best and worst in Kid Cudi's discography. I'd say it's like in the upper middle. You know, I'd say it's like a, a, a nice fourth place. Uh, you know, at that point, I, I from best to there. Uh, Man on the Moon three, Man on the Moon two, Man on the Moon, and this album for sure, in my opinion. So yeah, with that said, eight out of ten. Next, uh, the first victim of a bad album already on July third. All fucking ready. Uh, Demi Lovato's Demi album. <sighs> All right, so this seems like to be the. Uh, I, I don't even know. This just, just this point in her catalog seemed to be a shift, I believe. I mean, I, I, I feel like she was going more onto the uh, poppier spectrum even. Not that she already wasn't. She already wasn't. But, I don't know, something about... Because like, there are songs on here like, you know, Neon Lights and Heart Attack that were like awesome, good pop songs. And then everything else was just so slow or just very underwhelming and just not an exciting album very forgettable i mean while i did list those two songs i barely even remember them at the moment but i'm sure if it came on it'd be like oh yeah that one the only good songs off this album um that's kind of it you know i mean far from her best album way far from it um i don't even i don't even know if i can consider her worst yet since i'm not even like you know too deep into her discography at this point but this one wasn't impressed five out of ten uh, next, though, we have Modest Mouse's Good News for People Who Love Bad News. Uh, I was influenced to listen to this album after we did the new album on the podcast here, which I was not impressed with at all. One good song, it's the radio song, like the one that you hear on the radio a lot, and then everything else is just very weird, very strange, and just not good to me. But, uh, I mean, this was supposed to be, like, their best album. And compared to the new album, this is definitely leagues better. However, I wasn't all that impressed with this one either. I mean, I did enjoy Float On, Ocean Breathe Salty, Bury Me With It, The View, and Black Cadillacs. But other than that, I really wasn't impressed with the whole album in general. It seemed a little bit mediocre to me and a bit overrated too, if I'm being honest, considering this is the album that most Modest Mouse fans will, you know, give me as the go-to album. But it's just a 6 out of 10 for me. Not much else to it. You're going to notice a lot of these in this specific episode. There was just a lot of mediocreness this month, and we will get to that uh, even later on. But... Following that, we have Kanye West's graduation. Uh, now that I've wrapped up the Kid Cudi catalog, I thought, what the hell? Let's finish up the Kanye one, you know? I think I only have, like, three or four more at this point. So, graduation was the next one I, I decided to do. And that was good. It was definitely uh, a solid album. I mean, you got Stronger on here, which is, like, his biggest single right now most streamed song on spotify uh you got uh what, what was that one <sighs> i think it's flashing lights yeah flashing lights that one i remember was in um 
Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't Flash Lance. I'm sorry. It was uh, Can't Tell Me Nothing. Can't Tell Me Nothing was also in The Hangover. And that's why I knew that song. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's when they were uh, pulling up into Vegas. Uh, so that one I really liked. But Flesh and Lights is still a really good song, too, along with Barry Bonds, which features Lil Wayne, Good Life featuring T-Pain, and Champion and Good Morning. Uh, there are a few moments, though, towards the back half of the album that were really forgettable, or at least just not that good. Um, which kind of sucks, because it was, like, a few songs, at least, which... You know, once you've got already something going here, especially this being like a big change up in his discography, uh, and you just have some weak moments on that, it's just like, eh, that's that's gonna do a little bit of a dent, you know, at least in my opinion. But nevertheless, a seven and a half out of ten for me on that one, still quite enjoyable. Up next here we have Converge, Axe to Fall. Uh, since Meshuga and Converge are gonna be coming to Cleveland in uh, February, I believe. February or March, one or the other, uh, I decided, you know what, I haven't really finished up uh, Converge's discography. I haven't really listened to anything else other than, like, three, maybe four albums of theirs. Actually, yeah, four albums. Uh, I decided to listen to whatever else I had left, and this was one of them. And lo and behold, I liked it a lot. It's, you know, the metalcore, mathcore style with hardcore influences and shit, and, like, you know, them being some of the originators of, like, the mathcore genre and a big influence in the metalcore genre as well. It's like, hey, of course it's gonna be fucking good if it's, you know, if they're so consistent. Uh, Dark Horse, Axe to Fall, the title track, Worms Will Feed, Rats Will Feast, Wishing Well, Losing Battle, just to name a few really good solid songs. Yeah, Great album, 8 out of 10. Next. Ooh. Cage the Elephant. Melophobia. Ah. I don't remember if I said this earlier in an episode or if I just said it to friends, but it's become very apparent to me that garage rock, that style of rock music, is not for me at all and I believe it was this album that finally made me figure that out because it's got that style of like you know it feels like the vocals for instance are being recorded with a regular like microphone and not a studio setup if you will and it just makes it sound like all echoey and shit and like you know instrumentally it sounds like something from like a 70s classic rock album or something you know or like a hard just any 70s hard rock album even and while instrumentally i wouldn't mind it it's the vocals that do it for me cuz i fucking hate that echoey shit I mean, echoey isn't even really, like, the best way to put it, but, I mean, if you hear this album and you hear, like, how the vocals sound, you'll know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, that's that's garage rock. I figured it out, and it's not for me. That's why I, even on that uh, Royal Blood album that we reviewed just this past weekend, um, I even, like, kind of, I'm pretty sure I even pointed out as well, where, like, I just don't like that vocal style because it's just that garage rock style that I'm not a fan of and probably never will be unless a band does it right. The only one I can think of that kind of did any sort of hard rock like that good in modern terms was, believe it or not, the new Ask an Alexandria album from last year. That one I was really impressed with. I was really pleased with that. And it's not entirely garage rock at all. In fact, it's probably far from it because of the production. But still, I mean, I at least enjoyed that, so... Modern hard rock is not dead for me entirely. It's just this garage rock thing that I can't get over. So, 
going to stop sounding like a broken record here and just say 4.5 out of 10 for me on that one. Not impressed at all. Next here, though, we have uh, Black Crown Initiate, Selves We Cannot Forgive. Uh, yeah, this one was decent. I only really listened to this one because I heard that they were going on tour, and they're coming to Cleveland, and I never really listened to them. And I wasn't expecting them to be, like, just long song metal band kind of thing, which I was like, eh. You know, I'm just very eh about that. <laughs> uh, I don't really have a lot to say about this one at all. I gave it a Music Corner 7. Like, it was fine. Genuinely, I could say it's fine. If you, like, just like that, like... I mean, what do they even consider themselves? Like, I don't know if it's, like, death metal. Uh, progressive death metal. That's actually a a beautiful way of describing them. In fact, uh, some people even consider them technical death metal. I would say progressive death metal is the best way to put it. Um, and just, yeah, I was not impressed at all. Entirely, at least. Instrumentally, it's on par. And even the vocals weren't bad at times. But for some reason, all of them together, not my thing. So 7 out of 10, just average. Oh boy. But next, we got... Uh, enemy number one. <laughs> Imagine Dragons, Night Visions, uh, the debut album from the band. So I really only wanted to listen to this one because, uh, I guess a couple reasons. One, I hate myself, apparently. And two, I remember my buddy had told me that there was a song on here that wasn't bad, in his opinion. And uh, I'm trying to think here. I'm actually going to look it up now what that song was. I just have to. Night Visions. It was. Tiptoe, I want to say. Because it wasn't a hit. It wasn't one of the hits. But it, I believe it was Tiptoe. And I heard that song and I was like. Meh. It's fine, whatever. But I mean, Radioactive is the opener to this. And uh, if you know me, you know that I fucking hate that song so goddamn much uh one because of how repetitive uh i'm sorry not repetitive but one overplayed that's what i was looking for how overplayed that song was to begin with and how every fucking local rock band has to cover it like you have to cover radioactive are you kidding me dude and not to mention, too, like, I still feel the same way about Imagine Dragons with this whole, like, rock band trying to be, like, you know, it's like a pop rock band trying to be hard rock to me. Whether that's their intention or not, that's just how it comes off of. And still, the vocals do not match with any of the instrumentals. But maybe more so on this release, since it is the debut, and I guess in comparison to Origins, it was a little harder very many question marks after that but it's still not good i still hated it three out of ten go away but next while we did have the worst album just now we also have the best album of the month uh and that is hums you'd prefer an astronaut so hum is a band I've actually been meaning to look up. Mainly this album, actually. I just forgot that this was the name of it. But um, this album, uh, the album cover, is what inspired the uh, Deftones White Pony album cover, I believe. Um, 
And even Chino himself has stated that Deftones gets a big part of their influence from this album alone in terms of the actual tone, no pun intended. Uh, and I see that entirely. I can hear it even a bit at times. It's a really good, like, alt-rock, post-hardcore album with shoegaze elements. It's... Whew, there are really no bad songs. I mean, you got, like, one of their bigger... Uh, I don't even know hits, but, like, one of their more known songs, Stars... The Pod is really good. I Like Your Hair Long, Why I Like the Robins, Suicide Machine. It's almost a chill lesson, but, like, the music isn't necessarily chill, quote-unquote. It's just really nice for me because this is the style that I fuck with so hard, you know? Like, with Title Fights Hyperview or, like, Basements Color Me in Kindness, you know? It's just, it, it belongs in that realm, and I love it. With that, 8.5 out of 10 for me, best album this month. By far. Next year, uh, we have uh, Earl Sweatshirt's Some Rap Songs. A very short project by Earl Sweatshirt. Very uh, personal, too, from what I read up on. And very different than I was expecting, too. It's almost got that, like, you know, mad villainy kind of sound to it in terms of, like, the beats and everything. Just with, like, how, like, distorted and, like, I guess chill it sounds. Followed by, like, you know, just quick two... average of two-minute rap verses, you know? Which I liked. I still liked it a lot about it, but it still seemed like this album was a little, like, lackluster. If that's the right word I'm looking for here. But it was lacking to me and just... Something. It just was missing a little bit of something here. But I guess that's, you know, the artistic choice that Earl chose to go with this one. Which I still like and respect, but I guess it just kind of like, you know, not turned me away from it. But it was just like, I think it would have been a little bit better if this was added to it or whatever. Uh, so with that, 7.5 out of 10 for me on that one. Still a really solid rap album, though. Next year, the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, Don't You Fake It. Uh, they are going on tour here soon for this album, playing in its entirety. So I thought, what the hell, let's listen to this album. And it's good. It's not bad. Other than um, everyone knows, you know, Face Down. Who doesn't know Face Down at this point? Uh, there are actually some other really good songs on here. Some that include Screaming, which I did not even know that they did. You know, or at least that much. I thought it was kind of a 30 Seconds to Mars, uh, a beautiful lie kind of thing where it's like, you know, maybe here and there you'll get it. But I guess even with that album, there are actually like better screams even compared to the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus one here. But it was still good. Uh, other good songs I can point out. False Pretense, Misery Loves Its Company, Waiting, and uh, In Fate's Hands. Not bad songs at all. Not a bad album. Uh, there's just a few forgettable moments in there that kind of was like, meh. But other than that, don't fake it. Uh, don't you fake it, excuse me. It <laughs> gets a 7.5 out of 10. Next, Butcher Baby's Goliath. Uh, I didn't like this one. I did not like this one. I don't... I don't know. It was just like... If you're not familiar with Butcher Babies, it's basically two female vocalists. I think one does more screaming than the other, and the other just, like, does the singing with, like, you know, like... I don't even know what kind of metal they are. Like, I feel like people have called them, like, metalcore, but I'm like, no, not really. Groove metal, sure. Yeah. Thrash metal, I don't really know about that one. I... No, 
maybe not. Apparently, the album is groove metal and metalcore. Uh, but if that's the case, this is probably like the uh, the C grade level one because it was not good. They are not that good of a band. I have nothing really good to say about it other than the instrumentals were fine and maybe a couple moments of screaming was okay. Um, for the record, it has nothing to do with their females. Obviously, Courtney, what's her face from? Spirit Box is fucking god tier, or goddess tier, if you will. Uh, Ginger Vocalist, goddess tier. I mean, there are great female screamers and singers even, but this mm-mm, this band does not do that any justice at all, in my opinion. Uh, 4 out of 10 for me on that one. Uh, picking it back up, though, we have Frank Ocean's Channel Orange. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This one was a tasty one. In fact, I think I like this one. I mean, as equal as it was with how much I liked it, I think I like this one a little bit more than Blonde. Uh, I mean, geez, you got Thinking About You, which is like the song off this, you know, potato flew around my room before you came here. Uh, Super Rich Kids is a really good one with Earl Sweatshirt. Pilot Jones, Crack Rock, Pyramids, Lost, uh, Forrest Gump, really good one. I also really loved the intro track of like, you know, the turning on of the PlayStation One. It's kinda like you're just you're you're actually entering this album as if it were like a video game, you know? And that like really gave me a sense of nostalgia just hearing that. Not that I haven't heard it even in recent times, but like that jingle of the PlayStation One is Amazing! It's incredible, and it's very fitting for the direction of this album and kind of the mood that you get from it as well. Uh, a sense of like nostalgia and even a, like I don't want to say a little bit of sadness, but like I guess like a little like you know a feeling of meh because you know of missing something like that. You know of just missing something in general, whether that be like this uh, or I'm sorry, uh, childhood or whatever. But yeah, this album's great. 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, and next here we have Weezer, Pinkerton. Uh, this has been debatable. A, now a big debatable album on whether or not this album or the Blue Album is the best album. And I gotta say, after listening to this album, I can 100% confirm, in my opinion, that the Blue Album is better. I did not see a whole lot from Pinkerton that was noteworthy. I noticed that it was definitely more so on the, uh, I don't know, like, how do I describe it? Well, how is it described? Because maybe that is the word I'm looking for. Um, I don't want to say, like, post-hardcore, but it was like... <sighs> Hold on. How did it, How is this album described? Pinkerton. Alt-rock, power-pop... It is not power-pop. <laughs> um... Because, I mean, this one just feels a little bit more punk, I guess. And I guess it's got a 100 out of a 100 on Metacritic for the deluxe edition. Which, cool. But I don't really see a whole lot that good about this album. I mean, though, don't get me wrong. There's definitely moments I saved. Like, Tired of Sex, Get You, No Other One, Why Bother, and The Good Life. But after that, it's just eh. It's a mixed bag for me. You know, it's still good enough to say I can give it a seven and a half out of ten, but beyond that, it's not the best one. I have other albums from them that I still can listen to, but I feel like nothing is going to top the blue album. But we'll see. We will see. So yeah, 
that reaches us to the halfway point. But before I continue, let's have a word from our sponsor. All right, I'm back. Let's get back into it here now. Uh, Playboy Carney's Die Lit is the next album here. And at first, I will say, at first I was kind of vibing with it. I mean, I have here R.I.P., Old Money, Love Hurts, and Shuda saved here. But after that, oh my god, the album just got really fucking annoying. I mean, I'm surprised I even had those songs saved. They were just, they were kind of bangers, you know? But it either, it got, it started to get a little repetitive, or just was not that good anymore. It's kind of like how I felt when I listened to um, Whole Lot of Red, which I didn't really talk about on the podcast, I don't believe. Mainly because I didn't like it the first time I listened to it. But, for some reason, the, uh... <laughs> the intro well not the intro I'm sorry uh, Rockstar Made was just in general stuck in my head I'm like I why is this in my head so like I went back to listen to it and I actually really fucked with it so I was like alright you know what let's just listen to the album again and after that like it was kind of cool just to hear like that old like it sounds like an 8-bit video game you know so- music or even like 16-bit but that was really the only redeemable factor for Whole Lot of Red with Die Lit it just it doesn't do anything for me after those few songs so four and a half out of ten for me on that one uh next also we have a uh, brooke candy sexorcism <sighs> all right i obviously have become more open with like you know sexual music uh in terms of, like the pop the hyper pop realm you know even some rap music like Ashniko. Loved that new album from her. Slater loved her new album. And even, like, her debut mixtape from a couple years ago. But Sexorcism was dog shit. It was not good at all. And, like, I know I'm saying this now, and, like, when I say the rating, you're going to be like, well, that doesn't sound like it was that bad. But, it, trust me, it's still not good. The only redeemable stuff about this, uh, and there's actually a couple... Uh, one, there's a Charlie XCX feature and a Nash Nico feature, oddly enough, um, which both are just okay features. Charlie has had better features, 100%. And Ash Nico, while she is on here twice, I think only R.I.P. Uh, is the only decent one with her in it. Because Boss Bitch, I don't remember anything about that one at all. And apparently she was on that. Um... And then there's, like, it's just a, it's very raunchy. It's very, very raunchy. Like, I would almost put it into the standards of Megan the Stallion and, like, Cardi B. But, like, I don't know, even this just seemed a little bit more gross. Because, I mean, there's songs literally called, like, Come and Rim. And I think it was that one, Rim, or... I don't remember which one it was, but there was... I, I think it was Rim, solely because I remember the lyrics were about eating ass. And I'm like, okay, this is just tasteless. Like, they don't even, like, try to be creative with it. It's just flat out like, I'm gonna eat his ass. I'm gonna eat her ass. I'm like, okay, this is not good. This is bad. <laughs> like, I see why critics panned this album because of the lyrical content. It's not good. It's not like at all smart or witty it's bad it's really bad i mean some of the beats like i said were fine uh but no i gave this one a four out of ten it's still better than imagine dragons 
<laughs> Believe it or not, it is, but not by much. Not by much at all. Uh, next, though, I listened to, uh, I think it's Clipsy or Clips, Hell Hath No Fury. Um, this one I got from a uh, Rough Criminal video. I believe a couple of these I actually got from uh, some of his little 10-second reviews. If you haven't watched a Rough Criminal on YouTube yet, go check him out. He puts out, like, these awesome 10-second reviews on albums. It's just a one-liner, basically, that summarizes the entire album. Some of them are serious. Most of them are funny. It's a great channel. Definitely 10 out of 10 recommend. Uh, this was one of the albums that he talked about, and I honestly really fucked with it a lot. It is like it's like from 2006 but it's still got like that old school hip hop flair to it, you know? Like uh I don't even know like how to describe it, but like basically songs like Ride Around Shining, Dirty Money, Hello New World, Mr. Me Too, Mom I'm So Sorry. Like the whole album almost is like super fucking good and I love their flow, their rap style. It's great. Like seriously, it's a big 8 out of 10 for me. On that one, 100%. Uh, and I also listened to Claro, Immunity. I had talked about it when we did the uh, new album of hers that I would go and listen to this one. And I'm glad I did because I really enjoyed this one a hell of a lot more. Mainly because this one was more of the bedroom pop side of things than her new folkier, uh, folkier album. Uh, and what was I going to say? I remember when it first came out. I listened to the first song, and I might have even said this on the uh, actual review for the new album. I listened to the first song when it first came out, and then I changed my mind immediately and listened to something totally different. Like, it might have been Counterparts or something, or, like, Issues, because I did not finish this album. And I don't know why, but, yeah, so I had to go back. I didn't give it a thorough listen. And since it is still new to me, because I didn't listen to more than 90% of the album even figured why not but yeah this one was a really good album uh impossible closer to you softly sophia and bags just to name a few some really good songs very chill very nice very pretty voice 8 out of 10 for me next necrogoblicon stench this was a suggestion from trent um no <laughs> no thanks. I've seen them live, and I will say their live performances are pretty good. In fact, it was actually really fun to see them live. But, oh my god, their studio shit is so bad. It's just so corny to me. The vocals aren't even that good most of the time. And I don't even remember a thing about it other than the fact that I did listen to it. You know, so... Four and a half out of ten for me. I think I also remember, too, it was going on way longer than I wanted it to. So, that that sucked. That sucked. But what are you going to do about that? <coughs> Excuse me. Next. Nicki Minaj, Pink Friday. This was her debut album, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a quick Google search will tell me that. Drumroll, please. It was. This was her debut album. And uh, not a good one. Not a good debut album, I must add, because Nikki is good as a feature artist. Uh, very, very rarely is she good as a regular, you know, 
solo artist. I mean, Your Love is a great song, and Super Bass too, but Super Bass is technically on the Deluxe Edition, and since I'm only listening to the regular album, it was not included on this album for me when I listened to it, because I stick to traditional standard editions most of the time, unless there genuinely is no standard edition, which is kind of rare, but it does happen. Uh, but yeah, Your Love is great, uh, mainly because Shauna had uh, put it on one of her playlists, her like, nostalgia playlist, and I heard it on there, and I've heard it in the past too, I'm sure, but I mean, it just, it's it's a good song, it's decent, but the fact that like there's so many well-known features on here too, like Eminem, Rihanna, Drake, Will I Am, and even Kanye, none of those songs were even noteworthy. In fact, I forgot any of what that song sounded like maybe moment for life i can try to dig up how it sounded but no this really wasn't that good of an album and the only really other redeemable thing is kind of once again the beats you know there's just nothing to it for me so with that i gave it a five out of ten right yeah five out of ten same with this next album here beach house devotion uh, another not that good of an album uh, in fact, it was not at all what I was expecting. Like, I thought Beach House was supposed to be, like, this, like, really chill, maybe almost, like, dream pop band. And what I got from that album was, like, not even that. I don't even know if it's just because it's, like, maybe they changed up their sound in later times or whatever. Uh, but Devotion just seemed very, uh, I don't know, like, folky? I don't, I don't know. Maybe not even folky is the right term. It didn't seem like the kind of dream pop that I would listen to. You know, I think it, no. I think the thing is it was, like, much slower. It was much slower than I had expected. I thought it would be, like, at least slow, but, like, you know, with, like, a really upbeat, uh, you know, like, distorted guitar or something. I don't even know if distorted guitar is the right thing, but it just wasn't that good. And that really disappointed me. I'm definitely going to listen to their other stuff because I feel like there are other good albums by them. I just have to find it. But, yeah, that one, overall, I gave uh, another 5 out of 10. Wasn't impressed. Next one here might surprise some of you. But, like, uh, others, maybe you're like, whatever. <laughs> uh, Limp Bizkit, $3 bill, y'all. The debut album from Limp Bizkit was not good either. I was not impressed with that album at all. Like, I think the screaming... I, a lot of people like the Praise This album, right? A lot of people are like, this is the only good Limp Bizkit album, and they fell off after that. I'm like, really? Because <laughs> both Significant Other and Chocolate Starfish are, no pun intended, significantly better than this album. I mean, the only really good song I liked here was Stuck. That was it. I did not like Counterfeit. Uh, Faith, I did not care for. Pollution, Nobody Loves Me. Nothing on here was that good other than stuck for me. However, despite saying that, I can, t I can say that this album does seem like a huge blueprint for modern new metal, new metal core bands, you know, or even metal core bands that just use new metal influences and even death core bands as well, because there's definitely like that sound on here that is just has that rawness to it. That's like, huh, I can like hear this in the modern day even too, but it's like those bands perfected this album. 
while this one alone is just kind of rough, you know? It, it does remind me of, um, like, Blind... Uh, I'm sorry, the self-titled album by Korn, which features Blind on there. Uh, it just in terms of, like, you know, the... I guess, like, how the, the guitar sounds on here, you know, the guitar tone. But other than that, no, there's nothing at all I can highlight about this. I give this one a five and a half out of ten. The half solely comes from the big influence that this album does have on most modern bands in that realm. Next here. Oh, Echo and the Bunnymen, Ocean Rain. Okay, okay. I, I'm not even kidding. I looked at this and I barely remembered I listened to this album. So... This is like a post-punk album that has like a big single on here. Uh, I believe it's The Killing Moon or Silver. I think it's The Killing Moon. I'm almost positive. I, one of them has like more streams on Spotify. And I saw that and I was like, okay, you know what? Let's like throw it back to the 80s. Why not? Let's see what they got. This album was boring. I was extremely bored. There was nothing at all that I liked really about this album other than maybe it was chill. And that instrumentally, I guess it was fine, but like it, it was putting me to sleep, especially at the end there. Ocean Rain, the title track, is like a five-minute-long song. It feels like it's going on forever. In fact, most of these songs feel like they're going on forever. So I just I don't know. I gave it a six out of ten. I guess I was just being generous, but man, it was not that good. I can assure you. Um, yeah. After that, we got here. Young fathers, white men are black men too. Ooh, this album was good. This album was really good. And it surprised me, too, because it seemed like it was going to be kind of like that style of, like, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I could consider this hip-hop, to be quite honest with you. Um, it was like, jeez, it was, it was something. It was some kind of, like, indie hip-hop record. I, that's the best way to put it. Like, an indie rock and hip-hop combination. And just, like... You know, speaking on really political terms as well, in terms of like race and everything. If the if the title of the album didn't give that away, um, but it was good. It was really good. I mean, I loved songs like Shame, Feasting, Twenty Seven, Sirens, Old Rock and Roll, Liberated. John Doe was a really good one. It's a great album, and it's definitely one I would like to go back to. It's more so one though that is better as a a whole. You know, you know what I mean by that. Listen to the whole album rather than splitting them up, but you can split them up, much like Igor. You know, the only example I can think of at the top of my head where you can, like, split that album up and you'll still get a fine experience. So, yeah, with that, I get that one an 8 out of 10. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, let's see here. What do we have next? Adrian Lenker Songs. Uh, this is just a lo-fi album. That's That's it. It was just a lo-fi indie rock album that was just all acoustic, I'm pretty sure, if I recall correctly. And her voice is nice. She has a nice voice. It's pretty decent. Um, yeah, Music Corner 7 for that one. There's really not a lot to say about that one. It was just, it was decent. It was fine. Um, moving quickly to The Void's Virtue. Uh, this is the side project of the vocalist of The Strokes. And it's an album. It was not that good. I didn't like it that much. It was a little too weird for me, a little too experimental, and a little bit all over the place as well. Uh, yeah, I just didn't see too much with that one. I gave it a 5.5 out of 10. Just, yeah, not my thing. 
uh, Indigo de Souza. I totally butchered that, but Indigo de Souza. I love my mom is the next one here. This is another lo-fi indie album, but this one I enjoyed more than the Linker album. Uh, I I loved her voice even more. I loved the production on this album as well. It was very fitting for you know how both the album cover looked and just the style of her voice. Uh, the songs I saved on here, which I don't remember if there were a lot or just a few. I guess there were a few, yeah. Uh, how I Get Myself Killed, to Take Off Your Pants, Good Heart, Smoke, and Home Team were some notable ones. Uh, so yeah, with that 7.5 out of 10 for me on that one. Uh, and I'm just kind of flying by these last few anyway, just because it's like, this month is very, like, not good, as I said, and, like, there were some highlights here and there, and there's a couple more even, too, right before we end it here, but it's just, it was either it was good or it wasn't good, and here's the rating. Not much to it, but nevertheless, uh, Alexis on Fire, uh, self-titled album. I think it's Alexis on Fire, or it's Alex is on Fire, but either way, it's the self-titled album. Um, emo, post-hardcore album here. Uh, solid though. Really solid album. Definitely like a smart choice of where to start with this band too. Uh, I must say for myself at least, because I loved like, you know, all the instrumentals on this one. Instrumentally, this album was fantastic. Uh, the screaming was good. I feel like it's kind of similar to how I felt with the, uh, Silverstein When Broken Is Easily Fixed album, where the screams improved, you know, after that release. Much like I feel like that this one their screams improved greatly especially after hearing their i think it was like 2019 or 2020 single that came out like it was like the first single in like a big minute and the scream sounded like you know genuine modern metalcore post-hardcore screams but uh yeah 44 caliber love letter uh adelda a dagger through the heart polaroids of polar bears just some notable songs uh yeah eight out of ten for me on that one next here Alessana's The Emptiness. Oh, that one I was a little disappointed about. Mainly I was disappointed because they're going to be playing this album in its entirety. Mm, well, soon. I was going to say next Sunday, but I don't know when any of you will listen to this. But from today's date, uh, it'll be next Sunday from uh, August 3rd. That's Sunday coming up. Be there, be square at the Winchester. <laughs> um... Yeah, I wasn't impressed. I didn't really like it that much. I thought it was a little corny, even too, with some of the, uh, the whole, the the guy is like suspecting that there's something wrong with the girl, but like she's too perfect, and then she's gonna just kill him and shit, you know? Cause emo, and it gave me like some weird vampire vibes, like Twilight, and I'm just like, ah, oh. it's corny. It's corny to me. It gave, I gave it a six out of ten. I just, eh, wasn't impressed. But finally, the 31st, we have the last album here, Psychroptics, The Inherited Repression. Uh, pretty sure like a death metal outfit or maybe like a tech death album, uh, but a good one though, uh, a really solid one. Honestly, the vocals are even like closely resembling to like hardcore vocal style, which I liked about it. I like that like uh, add a little bit of flavor to the album. Uh, yeah. It was a great album. The Throne of Kings, Unmask of the Trailers, Become the Cult, From Scribe to Ashes, just to name a few. Uh, but really, I think I saved the whole album. It's a really good album. 8 out of 10 for me on that one. Uh, all right. But yeah, there you have it. Kind of kept it short and sweet for this month. Um, hoping next month will be better. Uh, 
little spoilers. Uh, I am already like on day three here, you know. So I've already listened to a few albums, and so far it's it's still looking kind of the same here. But I have an entire month still of albums to listen to, so hopefully we can pick back up in August. But I guess we'll just wait and see. So yeah. Thank you guys for listening in. Uh, Trent and Sebastian, as usual, when I'm only here. Uh, thank you in spirit. And yeah, thank you for listening in. This has been the Music Corner Rift 808s, and I am signing off.